mistakes are proof that you are trying. Ernest Hemingway. This is the Wisdom Worth Knowing podcast. I'm your host, Craig Chamberlain. If it's your first time joining me, welcome. Thanks for giving me a shot. You can subscribe to the podcast on all of the major social networks, including Facebook, YouTube, and Rumble. You can also subscribe everywhere podcasts are distributed. That includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Wisdom Worth Knowing is brought to you by Audible, where listening is the new reading. For a limited time, get unlimited access to thousands of audiobooks completely free for 30 days. You can sign up right now at audible.wisdomworthknowing.org. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot wisdomworthknowing.org. Mistakes are proof that you're trying. Do you over-dramatize and over-exaggerate your failures? How personally do you take them? That's the subject of today's episode. You know, there's a secondary quote on this subject. I mean, obviously, there's many quotes on this subject, but there's a secondary quote I really like um, from C.S. Lewis. He said that uh, failures are finger posts on the road to success. I believe that's what it's called. Failures are finger posts on the road to achievement. Yes. Failures and repeated failures are finger posts on the road to achievement. In other words, one fails forward toward success. And the reason this is incredibly important is because forgiving ourselves and accepting failure as part of the growth process is a re- is honestly a requirement for self-esteem as we grow as human beings. And if we, if we aren't failing, it generally means we're not trying something. In most cases, when you actually look at people who are quote-unquote successful at something or anything, if you look at their history of that particular thing, you'll see that they fail at it over and over and over again before they finally succeed. And this is obviously applicable to almost every area of our life. Um, let's start with something that's as simple as a diet. Okay. I, I gained a whole bunch of weight probably two years ago. I want to say it was through the whole, um, lockdown thing. So we all ended up being at home for a while. And as a result of that, I, I put on, I think, like 30 extra pounds it took, it, I added on. So then I kind it kind of became a sobering thing for me. But I, I didn't have a whole lot of experience on this losing weight thing. So what I started doing is I started experimenting with new methods of losing weight, anywhere from exercise to dieting, different types of diets. And, and what ended up happening is I had to weigh myself initially because I needed like a basis or a starting point. And then I would try something. And then a week later, I would weigh myself. And if it did well, I was like, okay, well, this is working. So then I would keep doing it. And as I was kind of going along, my weight would go up and down and up and down, depending on what I would try. And so 
every week, it was hard to see my weight go up if I was trying something new. And it became incredibly discouraging because for some reason with diets, it's like super frustrating, you know, when you don't lose weight. It just That's just how it is. So then as I kept trying different things, eventually I kind of fell into something that really worked for me. You know what I mean? In my case, it ended up being a high protein combined with intermittent fasting and fat burn uh, cardio. So I just used a treadmill and I, I exercised in fat burn. So what ended up happening is once I kind of dialed it in and found out what worked for my body, this was after a few months of experimenting, by the way, well, then I just hit that really hard. So I, I kind of stuck with it. And there were still ups and downs because just sticking to something is very difficult. And so I, I made failures along that way. But then when it was all said and done, after about a year and a half, I was able to lose about 35 pounds. But it's real easy for you to see people come on there and say, I lost 35 pounds in the last year. It's like, okay, well, yeah, they did. And that's amazing. We need to celebrate that. But what you don't see is behind the scenes, all of that work. And we kind of talked about that in yesterday's episode. But you don't see all that work that comes with it. But you also don't see all the failure. You know, um, so if you do failure path, go ahead and pull up your search engine. And you look up failure path to success. And then pull up the images. One of my favorite images, and I've seen this all over the internet. Um, And people tend to think that it's a straight line. You know, the path to success is like you start trying and then you succeed, right? But in reality, they put like on the photo, they put these side-by-side pictures. And people seem to think that people start trying and they're either successful or they're failures. It's a straight line. But in reality... As we travel along and try something, th- there's another picture that shows that there's failure, failure, failure. You can like veer to the left and you fail. You veer to the right and you fail. You veer to the left and you fail. And what happens is, is after all of these failures, you finally succeed. Obviously, the secret to success then isn't not failing because we all fail. The secret to success is learning from your mistakes, picking yourself up, and then moving forward. And then over time, you become successful, you know, just through repeated failures. So it's the not giving up part. And and when I talked about it on the exercise, in the exercise context, that one's a little more literal. It's, it's pretty clear. You're weighing yourself every week. You can see whether you fail or not. And by the way, this whole not succeeding every week and things not always going well, like success doesn't mean everything goes perfectly all the time. It means that there is this process that everything has to go through in order for it to kind of manifest itself. And just because we're making mistakes, it means that we are putting in some kind of an effort. Just because we are failing failing along the way, we are putting some effort. It shows that we have intent to succeed. And there's only one way to guarantee you don't fail. And that's just to not try. You know, Ernest, Ernest Hemingway was spot on with this. He goes, mistakes are proof that you're trying. So if you consider yourself a person who never makes a mistake, never fails, never does anything wrong, 
Well, then it just means you're not trying. You know, it means that there's not something in your life that's bothering you and you're not trying to refine it and challenge yourself to grow through it. So, yeah, naturally, you won't have failed because you're not trying to succeed or not trying to overcome that thing. But there's a double-edged sword to that. Sure, you might not ever fail, but you certainly also won't ever succeed. And so that's kind of that double-edged sword of like, okay, well, if I put in no effort and I don't even try to fix this problem, well, then I'll never fail at not fixing it. It's like, well, yeah, you won't ever fail, but you'll also never overcome the problem. And so many of us, myself included, spend so much time avoiding our problems because we're afraid of failure when we try that we we never actually try, you know, like we never actually go after it. And so then we have to live with the reality of our situation that that thing is going to, we're just going to have to live with it for the rest of our lives. And that's not always a great concession. It just depends on what it is. You know, some things are superficial and and they're not worth all of the pursuit, you know, and, and we are human beings. We have limited time. And so we have to make choices. You know, we have to decide what is worth trying to overcome because we, we have to choose the path that is what we feel the most successful uh, route, you know, like the, we, let's say we've got a whole laundry list of, of problems that we need to address. All we can really do is prioritize those problems and tackle them one at a time. This actually brings up a really, really cool strategy that I was taught by my father because I got super overwhelmed at work. We I work at a family business. And then when I first started really kind of taking on additional responsibility, I quickly became overwhelmed because the sheer volume of the problems that I was facing was just too much for one person. And because I, I we work in the service industry, it's not always the case that just because you have a lot of problems solving, uh, hiring more people is the best route to solving those problems because there's a feast or famine aspect to service industry because just because you're busy now doesn't mean a month from now you won't be the this the amount of customers and work you have will just be dead. And so there are seasons and times in which there's a super overwhelming amount of work that needs to be done. And I was like, how do you manage all of this? Like how do you deal with the sheer volume of work that needs to be done when you're one person and you don't have enough time? And I think this is, is an ex existential issue for all of us. We all have a sheer massive amount of problems that we need to deal with. And, and, and we don't have the time really to deal with all of them. And so I'm going to go into that strategy here momentarily, but we've already reached that time. Give me one moment here. Wisdom Worth Knowing is brought to you by Amazon Audible. If you're like me and you love reading but don't have the time, then Audible audiobooks may be the perfect solution for you. With Audible, listening is the new reading. You can pop in your earbuds and discover that next exciting adventure or expand your knowledge from any PC, Mac, Android, Alexa, or Apple device. And check this out. Because you listen to this show, for a limited time, you get instant access to thousands of audiobooks from Audible's Premium Plus catalog completely free. 
Just visit audible.wisdomworthknowing.org right now and take advantage of a free 30-day trial. That's right, for 30 days, you'll get full access to Audible's Premium Plus catalog, as well as an additional free title of your choosing. If you discover audiobooks aren't for you, no problem. You can cancel instantly online. You'll never be charged a penny. That's it. It's that simple. For two years, sorry, two years ago, I began to listen to audiobooks and they began to change my life. They may change yours too. So pause this podcast and head over to Audible. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot wisdomworthknowing.org. And you can sign up for this exclusive offer for my listeners right now. So what was the strategy? You know, what was the strategy to help overcome the sheer volume of work? And I asked him about that and he held up a notepad. It was a yellow manila notepad. And it had a whole bunch of items on it as a list. He goes, this is how I do it. This is, this is my, this is my to-do list. And once a day, you reprioritize the things from most important to least important. And then you start at the top of the list. And if you reach the end of the day and you didn't get them all done, well, congratulations, you got more work for tomorrow. And that was it. So I started to implement this. And what happened was, is when you start reprioritizing things, you prune out the the less important things to the bottom, you know, and, and, and yes, they do get put off, but they're not the most important. And then you deal with the things at the top and you just tackle them. And the point of it is this, is that we, we just need to pick something. And maybe that means sitting down and writing out on a piece of paper all of the stuff that we're dealing with at this moment in time. And it's deciding, you know, which, which one do I want to tackle first? Because I've only got so much time. You know, do I want to deal with my weight problem? Do I want to deal with my emotional issues? Do I want to deal with my anger issues? Do I want to deal with my relationship problems? My, my house being a mess? Do I want to deal with whatever it may be? I don't know what your personal list is. Only you do. And then you just tackle it. You know, you, you, you pour an immense amount of energy into that thing. And then you shelf all the remaining things for the moment. Now, if you discover that you can kind of work on that 30 minutes a day and then you can add another thing from the list, great. But once you tackle that one thing, you have to accept this Ernest Hemingway part of it. You're going to make mistakes as you tackle that issue. And if you take something with the proper amount of seriousness, it is time consuming to do something well. It takes effort. It takes energy. It takes time. And this is true for everything or anything you want to do well. And so this mistakes are going to be made along the way. Start to become the proof that you're trying. You're like, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to give this a shot and we're going to see how this goes. I'm going to, I got, I have anxiety issues. I'm going to start with journaling and maybe journaling doesn't do what I need to do for my anxiety, but I'm going to give it a shot and, and we're going to try it. If that doesn't work, it's like, okay, we're going to try exercise. Because, by the way, exercise helps with anxiety and depression. So we're going to try that. And you just start throwing things at it that are are solutions, potential solutions to the problem. And as you tackle it with your full amount of energy and you make mistakes, you just start to shed off the things that don't work for you. You know, and, and then over time, this failure, failure, failure thing becomes success. And you learn for your personality type what it is that works for you. 
And so I do want to I do want to emphasize a secondary point of all this, and that is forgiveness. You know, I, I, I consider myself a Christian. I do think that forgiveness is a cornerstone for successful well-being and health. And whether you're a Christian or not, um, self-forgiveness, I believe if you don't have this, then being successful becomes nearly impossible because you are going to fail at things. And if you don't accept the reality that you're a human being and forgive yourself for your failures as a human being, then you are going to self-sabotage every time you fail. You're going to beat yourself up. You're going to give yourself a hard time. You're going to feel guilty. You're going to weigh yourself down with all your past failures. And I, I, I genuinely believe that's why forgiveness is, is the, in you know, Christ's forgiveness is the cornerstone of the entire Christian faith. You know, what Christ did for all of people's failures is he atoned for it. But he atones for past, present, and future failures. And so as we fail along our path, you know, let's, let's, let's extract or remove ourselves from the physical exercise and let's drop ourselves into moral areas. You know, let's say we want to be, we want to lie less because lying is a sin, right? So let's say we want to be more honest and truthful. Well, as we pick ourselves up and drop ourselves into this, this moral issue of lying less, well, we feel guilty for lying if we're honest about it. But just because we're trying to do something, I don't know if you've ever tried to become a better person, like ethically and morally, it's incredibly difficult. I mean, it, it, it is. It just is. I mean, when you start to catch yourself, let's say with this lying thing, you'll start to feel guilty. You're like, oh, I'm a terrible person. It's like, well, no, no, you're just a person. Like that's, that's part of being a human being. And so then, then if you accept this forgiveness part, you're like, yes, I made another mistake. I forgive myself for it. You know, you, you dust yourself off and go and sin no more. It's like, that's the, that's the whole thing. And by the way, sin, a lot of people use that as a, as a, I feel guilty thing. Like, oh, I feel guilty. You know, like I'm condemning you, but sin is not just a condemnation thing. To me, sin is a trap thing. So there are certain things in our lives that are sins and they're sins and they lead to quote unquote death. And the reason they lead to that death is because they're traps. You know, we, we start to see, we believe things are, we believe certain behaviors are liberating, but in reality they're traps. So the perfect example of this is lying. So I'm just going to stick with lying for now is if we lie about something we lie because it's the easier path at that moment. It's easier to be dishonest. But it's a sin because it's a lie. I mean, it's a trap. Sorry. And what happens is, is as you lie, yes, you solve the problem in the short term, but now you are ensnared into the lie. And so you have to maintain it. And this is why it's a trap, you know, and, and all these sins, quote unquote, appear to be liberating at first. But then as the, the depth of the sin becomes worse, as you lie more and more to maintain the lie, you start to actually ensnare yourself more and more. And so getting out of this, this sin trap requires suddenly becoming honest. And, and breaking your way out of a web like that is not something that's going to happen overnight. 
because then you develop the habit of lying and then you develop the habit of being dishonest. And so then as you kind of are breaking those habits, you're going to continue to fail. And that's why the forgiveness part's an essential component because you're going to start doing the failure thing where you're hitting all the failure points on your road to success. Now, the Christians call this process sanctification. You know, that's the process of being made holy. And I don't just mean that in a religious sense, because holiness just means separating yourself from, from bad behavior. So to being set apart from everything else. So the sanctification process is, is you know, I try to neutralize my language as much as I can because I don't want this to appeal only to Christians because I think there's, there's very practical advice here. And if you want to become a Christian, that's great. Obviously, I think it's it's the right, it, I shouldn't say right, but it's the, it's the most truthful. It's the truthful religion. But, but this whole setting yourself apart thing requires some way of accepting the failures. And I think that's why forgiveness is important. So, so practice this self-forgiveness part as you make these mistakes. Because these mistakes are proof that you're trying. And the goal is, is to wake up a week from now, a month from now, uh, six months from now, a year from now. The goal is to wake up and then look back and say, well, how did I do this last year? Did I, did I make steps toward or towards my goal? Or did I stay where I was at? Or did I take steps away from my goal? And that is really the question, right? Are, we, are you making progress on that road? And here's the weird thing is, we'll go back to weight loss because existential issues get very ugly really fast. <clears throat> They're very personal. I don't know what you're wrestling with personally. Um, certain people wrestle with different things at different stages of their life. Some people wrestle with things more than others. That's really between you and, and God or you and your conscience. But if we go back to this weight loss thing and you reevaluate yourself after that week or that month or that year, and then then you you if you get too hyper focused on the week to week, it's easy to get discouraged by the failures on that week to week. But then if you do the the monthly and the yearly evaluation, it's like, okay, well, if I look at my chart of my weight gain and loss because I I kept weighing myself every week it goes up and down and up and down and up and down and that's that's it's so funny because I look at that chart and I laugh because that's exactly like that chart I just talked about the failure 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 success it's like failure success failure success so as it goes up my weight goes up it's a failure but if it goes down it's a success if it goes up it's a failure down it's a success but then if you look at it for the scope of the whole year, if it's trending downward across a large period of time, it's a success, right? So the overall was progress. So if we get too focused in on the, the individual moments, the smaller singular points along the path and if we obsess about them and we hate ourselves for the failures and we beat ourselves up for the failures then we sabotage the overall picture because if you get too hung up on these singular failures on your road or on your path of whatever item you picked from that list then you will you risk derailing yourself completely and giving up 
And so to me, the, the most luck I've had has been just simply accepting that the week-to-week failures are part of the process. There are going to, I'm going to have bad days. I'm going to have bad weeks. I'm going to have bad months. But if I, if I have one good month out of an 11-month year, no, I'm sorry, wow, out of a 12-month year, that's one month of progress I made and 11 months of failures. Well, how much progress do I make if I don't try at all? Right? What if I just give up? Well, then that's 12 months of failure. So if I get one month out of the 12 right, that's still one month of success that I never would have had if I hadn't tried. And if you start to see things from this broader scope, and that's really what I want to emphasize on this video, is like life is more than these individualistic failures, right? If, if, if you just forgive yourself for these individualistic failures and you stop using guilt and shame to beat yourself down and you instead, instead just start to forgive yourself for the failures, then yes, you will still fail. It's going to happen. Sorry, you're human. There's no escaping it. But what's going to happen is your, your, the volume of your failures over time will reduce. So you'll go from maybe 29 failures a month 29 out of 30 to maybe 28 out of 30. And then maybe two months from now, it'll be 26 out of 30. And then maybe a year from now, it'll be 24 out of 30. And it doesn't feel like progress because you're like, I still am failing the majority of the time, but you are progressing. You know, that actually reminds me of another C.S. Lewis quote. You know, the man who turns back soonest is the most progressive. Let me look it up here. Turns back soonest is the most progressive. I want to make sure I pull up this quote. I, I really do like uh, C.S. Lewis. So here's, this, here's another quote, which I think is really on point for this, this discussion. We all want progress, but if you're on the wrong road, progress means doing an about turn and walking back to the right road. In that case, the man who turns back soonest is the most progressive. The reason I love this analogy is because if we have cultivated years of bad habits and we have gone down this road for years and we want to get back to good habits, then it's not going to be a matter of just somehow hopping from the bad habit road to the good habit road. We literally need to turn around and walk back, which means we have to undo all of the bad habits to get back to the right road. And that process of walking back is that messy, ugly process of mistakes and failures. Because, because what you're doing is you're pushing yourself back to the right road. And you're doing this, you may walk five steps back toward the right road and then turn around and then go forward two steps and then back five steps and then forward two steps. But the point is, is as long as you're traveling along the road back, if you stay on that road, you will have made the most progress because you're still actually closing the gap between where you were headed and where you want to get back to. So you're still progressing. 
even though even though you're going backwards. <laughs> I know it, it feels weird, you know, but as you get back to that main road and, and hopefully you reach th that point and then you can start moving forward. Um, it's good to know that the failures are actually a symbol that you're heading in the right direction. And by the way, one thing, a reason, the reason I like this quote is he goes, the man who turns back soonest, the word repentance, which has a super symbolic religious connotation to it. Repentance just means to turn around or, 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 or change the direction of behavior. It does mean to literally turn back. So repentance doesn't mean like go sit in a corner in the dark and start crying about how bad your life is. It means just, just turn your behavior around. Look, start heading back to the right road. That's all it means. You know, it's saying it, when people say to repent, they mean to like, just what you're doing is not working for you. It's not good for you. Turn it around. You know, eating cake every day is not good for you. Turn it around. Repent from that behavior. Just change, change the direction. Uh, sitting around and never exercising. That's not good behavior. Repent from that. You know, turn around from that. You know, that's that's all it means. And you ask for forgiveness because you need the forgiveness to love yourself as you turn back. I mean, because you're going to keep failing. So anyway, that was a fun topic for today. Before you go, please like, share, and subscribe on your favorite social network. That includes Facebook, YouTube, and Rumble. That helps feed the algorithms to help the show grow. Also, make sure you leave a five-star review on whatever podcast network you might be listening on. That helps the show grow as well. It feeds those algorithms. Don't forget to visit the website at wisdomworthknowing.org if you want to learn more and connect with the show. And we are brought to you by Audible, where listening is the new reading. Get unlimited access to thousands of audiobooks completely free for 30 days. Sign up right now for that limited time offer at audible.wisdomworthknowing.org. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E.wisdomworthknowing.org. And let's close today with the quote, Mistakes are proof that you are trying. That's from Ernest Hemingway. So let's work on being the best version of ourselves we can today, because as always, that's all we can do. I will see you all tomorrow.